Well, we watched The Lighthouse. Honestly, I don't quite know how to lead into this other than to say, that's what we did. What does this movie mean? Uh, I'm not sure. This movie seems like a bit of a conundrum. On the one hand, it is superbly made, superbly acted, and an incredible period piece with obsessive attention played to dialect and language. Everything I should love in a movie that pushes the boundaries of the Hollywood studio system. And yet, the movie feels at times a bit like a high school English paper, hoping to overwhelm the teacher with enough random symbolism and illusions to obscure the fact that you have no idea what you're talking about, but are still pushing for an A. Is this movie gaming the system? Or is there a deeper meaning here worthy of dissection? Uh, Maybe Chris can answer these questions, because I don't know. As we dive into The Lighthouse on this episode of Movies Will Save the World. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. And to his right is Chris Peterson. <laughs> and today we are discussing, or we are going to attempt to discuss, the 2019 <laughs> movie The Lighthouse, not to be confused with the 2016 movie of the same name, and not to be confused with a Spanish movie also of the same name. So I'm hoping, Chris, that we watched uh, the same movie, the 2019. Does yours have Willem Dafoe in it? Well, and I Pattinson? watched all three, just to be sure, so there'll be some... <laughs> Well, just, I don't. I'll find out which one you watched as we talk. Yeah, we'll see where the crossover occurs. <laughs> it might be the same. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I this was my pick, and I picked it under the category of WTF uh, mm-hmm. because I I had seen it once before, and while I enjoyed it, was very confused by it. Um, So I figured, you know, you and I would talk about it and we'd come to some conclusions. And after watching it a couple of times uh, over the last few days, uh, I think this will be the shortest podcast ever (laughs) because did you understand it? I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to start by saying I hate you. And after this (laughs) podcast, we are never talking again. So just get that out of the way. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, this, this after watching after watching this, I the the category, which I think this is probably the only movie that would fit in this category. I could have chosen is uh, mermaids and masturbation. <laughs> they should, yeah, that would why it wasn't called that. I, we should find out. M and M's. That's what I took away yeah, from this ex- experience. Yeah, this was. Um, well, all right. Let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why did you pick this movie, Glenn? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I picked it because I do remember after seeing it the first time. First of all, I love Robert Eggers. Um, I, I really enjoyed The Witch, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I don't know how you feel about that movie. but um, And gosh, after watching this one, I know he's he's doing a remake of Nosferatu at some point, which... Really? Yep, that oh. feels right up his alley for... Yeah. Just given, you know, this movie. But... Um, 
I just, I remember, I, I'm kind of a sucker for movies that are like, oh, there's something here. I don't quite get it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's an interesting style choice and very yeah. stylized. And, and you know, the sort of like, uh, you know, this is kind of a single location, not quite, but it could almost be like a stage play. You know, like yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of a sucker for that sort of thing. Um, and wanted to come back to it. Um, and... Yeah, the, <laughs> and also hoping that you know. I mean, you're you're a more educated man than I am, so hopefully there maybe you've got some answers that I don't have. Um, but you know, after watching this, my my takeaway was like, I feel like I'm smart enough to spot where the symbolism is, but not smart enough to know what it means. <laughs> yeah, and there's, I mean, I saw it two years ago when it came out, and I, I um, mm-hmm. and I. I remember hearing good things about it. Again, I didn't. I didn't read any reviews or see anything. I just knew it had two actors, and it was called the Lighthouse. So, again, the premise yeah. is great. I mean, I like the idea yeah. of just the isolated life that um, that these people have. Now, lighthouses are mm-hmm. real things, right? I just wanted to make sure I understood <laughs> that because that's like a thing. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. So they just built these lighthouses, right? And they just staffed them. Uh-huh. And I think they just, like, people had shifts, right? So I think, from my knowledge of lighthouse lore, that's pretty, it seemed like that was an accurate world. And it's an interesting idea to see, to see like, I would think, yeah, every time you send two guys out for, like, a month or whatever <laughs> in a lighthouse, they would go crazy and just do weird stuff, like, all day. So yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that part was very believable in that regard, and, and it mm-hmm. did. The whole atmosphere of the movie is, it's, I mean, and, and maybe that's actually, I don't know if there's any good place to start, but that, yeah. I mean, it definitely invokes, and that that atmosphere stays, stays throughout the entire movie, right? It's Totally. Um, you know, it has, like, you, I think you mentioned it, like, um, there's, there's a very distinct, specific look to this movie uh-huh. that, um he made right some you know some choices specifically to give it that sort of atmosphere um yeah but yeah um and i do think there's like loads of symbolism in here in fact if i have right. one thing i yeah that we should <laughs> in the course of <laughs> whatever this is going to be is there's almost like too much. I think there's almost too much symbolism. It's like just pick one set of symbolisms and go with it, dude. Because um, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I was catching stuff like all over the place, and I don't. And I right. I was trying to make sure it's like was I just like putting that in there, or is that intentional? And and it seemed like a lot of it. Yeah, he he had a lot. He was trying to do a lot. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, yeah, just coming back to sort of the, the setting and the look and whatnot, and then let's just talk about the symbolism because I think it's a good place to go, but you know, um, yeah, I mean this, this movie is two people, right? Two people stuck alone on an Island, um, for, as they say at the beginning, four weeks. right? Right. And 
<clears throat> there's already weird stuff going on. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff that's sort of alluded to. Willem Dafoe's character obviously has been here before for a long time. And, <laughs> you know, the Robert Pattinson one is new to it. And even right off the bat, Robert Pattinson brings his own sort of like history and past into right. it. And, yeah. You know, you start right off the bat with the sort of like, is it a dream? Is it a hallucination? Mm-hmm. Is it what? But like this, this movie like deteriorates, their <laughs> mental condition deteriorates over time. But, um, and yeah, I think, I think the look, I think the look of the movie and, and the sound design and the score are the things that really hit me the first time. I mean, you see them as the boat is approaching in that yeah. very opening scene and, right. and like the score kind of kicks in with, there's some rhythm and it, then it cuts right to the front of the boat and mm-hmm. everything's in, in sync with the score. It's, it's just a really cool way to start the movie. And I, and I love the, like the high contrast of kind of the black and white. And, and then at sometimes it's very, very muted contact contrast with all the fog and everything. But, yeah. Um, it's, it's almost like, yeah, I it's really, not even a black and white. It's almost like a gray movie. <laughs> you know, it was right. It was right. very gray. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we both did the same thing, which is try to avoid like <laughs> as much. Th- this is the move, the, the movie that we've done of all the movies we've done on this. This is the first one where I was like, my fingers were itching to Google explanations of the movie before we sat down and talked about it. And I resisted. Um, but I did read a little bit about the production and they, you know, they went to a bunch of, uh, lengths to get this look, um, which are, uh, uh, I don't know, impressive, I think for me as, you know, (laughs) not being a filmmaker, but to see someone who's like committed enough to that sort of aesthetic to kind of go, um, where they did to get it was, was neat to see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, um, if I had to, you know, pick my favorite parts of the movie, I mean, overall how Mm -hmm. it was shot and directed was, you know, it really was, it it really was stunning. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it worked well with whatever this story is. Um, cause you said <laughs> right. it is, it, it's like, there were parts where, and it, it goes throughout the movie where we have to, we ask ourselves how much of the, you know, there are parts that are clearly he's hallucinating and we're, we're seeing it from, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to call him Winslow, even though I'm not yeah, sure which right. name <laughs> he, he ends it, up going by, but let's call him Winslow. And at Winslow's are pointing. It's going to be too you. hard if we have to call them both Tom. Yeah. As we find out they're both named Tom. <laughs> exactly. It's like, why would you write both your characters' name as Tom? It's like, uh, <laughs> bugs me. Anyway, um, so we get, it's it's his worldview. I mean, it's his point of view. Um, and we, there are right. parts where he's clearly hallucinating. And there's parts where mm-hmm. I wonder if he's hallucinating. And I don't, right. you know, um, and... I assume that is intentional that we're supposed to be yeah get that feeling of being kept off balance, you know, or uncertain mm-hmm. uh, throughout the movie. Now, right. whether that's a good idea or not, I don't know, but that's, <laughs> it's, it was very unsettling. I mean, it's, it's not, um, I remember it being advertised. The marketing was as a horror movie because his previous uh-huh. movie was uh, the witch or the Vitch or whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The so, the double V itch. <laughs> yes. So, 
<laughs> you know, this too is was kind of portrayed in that. I mean, and, and it's more like maybe an Edgar Allan Poe horror story than what we yeah. would, would yeah, call yeah, yeah. modern horror. Um, mm-hmm. Just mess, you know, kind of messing with your mind in terms of trying to piece together. And, and but then it's kind of like at the end of the day, <laughs> at the you know what what is it that we kind of received from this? And and I don't know if the, I mean. That's what we'll conclude. So I'm just kind of wondering. Yeah, what what if what were some of your takes or insights about this this story? Like what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to start. I, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's worth starting at the end. I mean, I don't mean the end of the movie, but like, there's sort of a logical conclusion of this conversation is like, what did it mean, right? But we're kind of talking about it. I'll tell you where I finally landed is um, I agree with you. I think there is almost too much symbolism because you're constantly like, what does this mean? What does this mean? Yeah. You know, and, and frankly, I think there's symbolism thrown in there for symbolism's sake. All right. You know? that's, um, that's almost, there's, yeah, that's what I felt. Yeah. There, there's the scene where, um, uh, 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 uh it's after a kind of key part of the movie, but you just see this like image of like Willem Dafoe and he's naked and Robert Pattinson is sort of crouched down (laughs) next to him. And it's like this beam of light coming out of his his eyes, eyes, shining directly on Pattinson's face. And I'm not so sure that means anything for the movie. Yeah. Um, Right. That that was one thing I couldn't help myself but do a little bit of research on, and apparently it's based on a painting by I believe a German artist named oh. Sasha Schneider. Okay, um, oh, called called the Hypnotist. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Which you know, I mean, but that gets into like I I don't believe that there's hypnosis happening in this movie so it just felt sort of like a cool image to crib from yeah. and throw into this movie and it was i mean it's a yeah. really cool it did look shot yeah um, it did actually you know but i i think i think where i kind of landed with this is that it it felt less about trying to make any sort of overarching point of like, this is what happens or, you know, here is the retelling of some Mm -hmm. Greek tale or whatnot. Um, and more just like what, (laughs) what a descent into madness feels like, you know, and the, the constant, you know, suspicion or spying on, you know, or, or the, um, I I don't know the, 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 like, yeah, these two guys locked up, on an island together it's like they're gonna get on each other's nerves and this is like played out to an extreme because <laughs> i remember so i even remember the, the first time i saw it like in the in the first minute of the movie i was like uh-huh yeah he's got to kill the foe right now <laughs> I, I just knew that's that like he's just that's where it's gonna happen like yeah. he, you know it took him the whole movie to do it in a couple tries, but he did it. But a I, couple I, of tries, I, yeah. You knew that was the logical outcome of this story. Um, it had to go that yeah. way in that regard. Um, I think it does. If I think, all right, if it would have stuck, kind of. If this movie's about, yes, just 
the 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 loosening of reality and and going deeper and deeper into some other reality like um mm-hmm. i think the movie's very good <laughs> it does a very good job of that of of just yeah. ins- insanity or or whatever yeah. um trying to figure out yeah is you know what's the truth here or or whatever mm-hmm. um, if there was that and it was like may- maybe that was if that is the story it worked if it's anything else i i don't i don't get it um or what what the yeah. take is i'm supposed to have from it other than this is a movie about two guys who are insane, <laughs> who are insane. right uh, yeah i i i kind of felt like you know coming away from it i kind of felt like willem dafoe's character um wake uh <laughs> Tom Wake is already nuts. Yeah, yes. Tom Wake. Um, he he's already nuts. Oh yeah, um, totally. <laughs> and in fact, I I was wondering. So if you remember one of the earlier scenes where they're at, at the dinner table, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Robert Pattinson's character just asks him what happened to your previous partner, right? And and Defoe starts talking about oh he went crazy he started seeing you know mermaids right. and, and talking about all this and seeing things in the light and saying there's something enchanted there like I kind of felt like as he was speaking he was describing himself hmm. not his partner you know because <laughs> like he's pretty much talking to himself to a T like he's the one that's enchanted by the light and you know all this kind of right. stuff and so I don't I don't know I was just I was I felt like you know. Uh, his character's already nuts uh, and has learned to live with it somehow, you know? Uh, and then, you know, Robert Pattinson is the one that deteriorates over over the course of the story. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> ends up killing Willem Dafoe and then, I guess, trying to see what's in the light, which yeah. leads to his undoing. But, yeah. <laughs> no, the, um, the, the only symbolism I caught immediately... And that's because of uh-huh. my very useful background in classical mythology <laughs> was yeah. um, was clearly that um, Tom Defoe's character uh-huh. is is the um, Greek god um, Proteus, which is right. a, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a sea god, and depending on which version of mythology you read, he's either a separate god or he's a son of Poseidon. And he represents mm-hmm. basically the changing n- nature of the sea. Is the mm-hmm. I mean that's the personification. So that um, Defoe's character, yes, is you know, and and they show that where he has tentacles at some point, or that that's right. you know alluded right. to that, um, and that he's constantly messing with um, Winslow's head. <laughs> you know, going back and forth right. between hating him and then feeling like, oh, you don't like my cooking? I thought you liked my lobster, yeah. and then. And yeah. then, you know, writing all that stuff that he's like this lazy worker and, you know, and then he most likely <laughs> killed the old wiki and all that other stuff. Right. Um, so he's definitely personifies that. Although the problem I have with that is, is that Proteus wasn't like a trickster god or something like that. You know, he's not. Right. He's not being cruel. That's, it's just more of the mm-hmm. nature of the sea is constantly changing, right? It's not because mm-hmm. it's trying mm-hmm. to like manipulate you or harm you. It's just the sea is dangerous. Um, right. But then we have um, Winslow, who is, I mean, and th- it's very 
clearly shown at the last scene in the movie, he is Prometheus. Yeah. I mean, Prometheus right. was the bringer of fire to humanity, and he was punished for it by, like, each day, mm-hmm. like, um, crows would eat his liver or something. <laughs> I mean, it was... Yeah. He, he was... That's... And so it shows, like, a, you know, a naked Robert Pattinson, you know, on the seashore, you know, his guts spilled out, seagulls eating him. So he's right. definitely Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no real connection, though, however, in mythology between those two figures. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't, I mean, well, I, and, I can't think of any stories where they yeah, interacted or had anything to do with one another. Yeah, and, and like Prometheus was more of the trickster, right? So, like, Winslow's character isn't sort of the trickster in this other other than, like, he's the one who kind of went too far, right, at the very end. Like, he... he stuck his head in where it didn't belong and you know so that kind of follows with the prometheus story but but yeah so it's like i think i think you're right like those those things sort of map to those two characters mostly right yeah i mean that i mean that was and and then i i admit i did then i also read up to see you know how close (laughs) how close am i and then he you know um edgar's is it edgar's or edgar's is it edgar's um, yeah, he, he did say that was a, yeah, that was a specific reference to those yeah two figures in mythology, which again is fine, yeah. but I, you know, but, but there's no real logical connection between them in, in terms of, um, you know, if, uh, yeah, anyway, that, that was, so yeah, we have all the symbolism and it's, you know, clearly... <laughs> clearly for narrative purposes um but that part just felt disconnected to me to throw in symbolism and not like have it be useful a part of my settling on the uh (laughs) explanation of um it's just an effective way to sort of tell a very sort of visceral story of like this descent into madness is to like throw this symbolism at you as an, I mean, as an audience, right. You're confused too. Like, what does this mean? Right. (laughs) Um, so (laughs) part of, part of my settling on that's what this movie is about. Uh, maybe it's just to make my own peace with it. (laughs) about I I can't quite connect all these dots in a way that makes sense. So I don't know. Somebody smarter than me can come along and and explain the whole thing to it to me. But um, this works for me for now. I don't know. I mean, maybe we are so smart that we figured out it's meaningless. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I can almost guarantee you that's not the case, (laughs) but you know, it's like when, you know, you know, if you took, and I did, I did read I did read this too about it, and I thought I also thought about it. Anytime you use symbolism, and you have like the Jungian archetypes of like things, and mm-hmm. they, they show up in your dreams all the time. And, you know, so as a if you think about it, as dreams go, I mean, dreams are shoved mm-hmm. with all sorts of nonsense, right? And some of right. it may mean something, and some of it may not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so the hallucinations that Winslow has and things like that. Um, but you know, like going back to that 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 um that part where you talked about, there's that one scene where he's like, yeah, the hypnotist or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a? Do you think that's a cue then to us, the audience, of something, or is that Winslow feeling that, or 
is it just thrown in there, you know, for whatever, just to like look cool? I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, again, like <laughs> I felt like it was thrown in there to look cool. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, it's a punctuation mark on, you know, the scene that precedes it. Um, and maybe it's sort of the, um, we should talk more about the scene that precedes it down the road here, but, um, that's such a, like, <clears throat> I mean, I guess we should just talk about the scene that precedes it, right? Is, is, is Defoe's character essentially cursing, uh, uh, you know, Pattinson's character. And so yeah. maybe that imagery right there of the sort of like, sure the light shining down is sort of the punctuation mark on you've just been cursed by this guy. Okay. Well that actually, yeah, I guess that does kind of. One, yeah, I guess that does kind of tie into it. I guess if you look at it <laughs> a certain way, um, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy that. Um, <laughs> but there, yeah, because, yeah, and, and there are obviously, you know, I'm not, because like the mermaid is like a huge, <laughs> a huge yeah. theme running through this as well. And, uh-huh. you know, like, like what he first like uh, Winslow first gets to his bunk and notices that there's a tear in the mattress, right? <laughs> and yeah. finds a little like scrimshaw mermaid, uh-huh. um, which yeah. cl- which clearly um, you know Tom put there um, for some reason. Yeah, no, so that yeah, I I wondered about that because at first I thought it was left behind by the previous right. guy. Um, and then I started to wonder if Tom had put it there and then, yeah, there's a part I think where Pattinson like throws it down and says, I'm done with it at Tom. Right. So yeah, I, I, I guess he did put it there that it took me a while to kind of catch that. And I hadn't really put it together until you said it. Well, yeah. I mean, Winslow accused him of putting that there. So I, I just assumed that was probably true. Now, again, I have Mm -hmm. no idea. Like, I mean, is this like. Victorian or age pornography, like a little, <laughs> this little mermaid doll. I mean, I don't know. Well, what, it's what, what? <laughs> it's it it's used that way. So, yeah. <laughs> what what is it? Uh, I'll know pornography when I see it. I guess he saw it. <laughs> um, that was supposed to make him do that, or I don't know. Like he just he just knew he would, or you know what. <laughs> Like, again, yeah, I mean, it is. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, what the is, is going on there? Because um, it has, it has yeah. like a major presence throughout the film. And, you know, him, right. him breaking it and crack, you know, cracking it, you know, is supposed yeah. to, you know, be this big dramatic moment for us um, and him, mm-hmm. you know, that he's trying to like let, you know, that the spell that he's under that he can break it, right? Um, yeah, I, so I, when he broke that, right, he, he breaks it on the heel. So, I mean, like there's, there's two scenes in the movie, right? Where he's clearly, you know, he's, he's masturbating to this thing. Yeah. And, um, and the second one is like, oh God, uh, you know, it's like, He's half naked. He's out in some shack. He, it, the water is pouring in through the, uh, the, the leaky roof. So he's like, gotta be like soaking wet, cold. And he's like 
trying to do the deed and can't can't get there right and he's got all these distracting thoughts the stra- the the guy that he we believe killed or or yeah. let die is popping through his head i i i I didn't quite read it as him trying to break a spell as much as like just got to that point of like maybe like extreme frustration or oh, disgust in okay. yourself or yeah, yeah. you know sort of right. the self-loathing kind of piling on you know yeah I guess I, um, I did but I, yeah. but I guess I just never connected it back to um, uh, Willem Dafoe's character as a breaking free from him you know what I mean yeah, I mean that's that's definitely an, again another another theme <laughs> that we run <laughs> that that runs through this is like their relationship is both this like yeah. father son and then like mentor servant. I mean they go back and forth and you know they have like these kind of like <laughs> these weird awkward tender moments and then he's like like ah, let's fight you know to kind of like right. you know be ultra masculine at the same you know to kind of and, and it it goes yeah back and forth that way throughout the entire movie until uh-huh. like you know like at the very end where he like kicks somebody's like bark and then he like what and oh like, yeah yeah you you he says something like yeah you you know what i mean or you've been on a ship or whatever bark and then he puts in mm-hmm. a leash and walks him outside now again yeah that for me came out of nowhere i mean i I get the symbolism of it but it's just like Uh okay here's another thing just thrown in there to like mess with me um you know why did he choose that or you know (laughs) i don't know it's every time i start a line of of thought i just end up in a dead end because it's it's so frustrating um (laughs) this movie has done that to me it's made me just go after you see yeah. it enough, you start to question your own reality. <laughs> I mean, there. Yeah, I think I think there's a bunch of like th- lenses or themes that you could layer on top of this and say, "Oh, this movie's about this, right?" right. So I started with the. It feels like a descent into madness. Um, there is a lot of like sort of um, things around body and sex and yeah. and and the relationship and power dynamics and whatnot. You know that are present in this even you know starting with the very one of the very first things when pattinson is like up on the roof uh you know replacing a shingle and he you know sort of peers in and Mm -hmm. you know is sort of spying on defoe's character what looks like sort of like you know like humping the bed or something like that but it's one of those like voyeuristic moments and you know and then yeah everything sort of back and forth between them culminating with them dancing and holding each other yeah and and Defoe almost trying to kiss him, and he yep. pushes him away, and then yep. it cuts to them like, you know, holding each other on the floor, uh, and then yeah, then the you get the leash and the dog scene, um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> this whole podcast is going to be like, hey, here's some stuff that really stood out, and yeah, I don't know what it means. Let's go talk about something else. <laughs> Just listening, you describe that. If I didn't know what it was, I was like, what? I don't know. It sounds, it sounds so creepy. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. guess that's what I mean. It's like, there's like too much going on that if they would have maybe uh-huh. stuck to that, you know, the power dynamic or this weird, right. you know, 
masculine versus feminine or you know what whatever they're trying to mm-hmm. whatever he's trying to say if they would have stuck to maybe that would right. be a good movie or the movie in you know about madness or the movie about manipulation right. or something but it's like mm-hmm. it has to be all these things at once till it becomes just like <laughs> like till it does become yeah. gray it's essentially like looking at like mm-hmm. i just saw something and i don't know what it was really um yeah, and like you said, there was probably some really important stuff in here that just went right <laughs> through me. Um, we have no business doing this podcast yeah, or this movie this specifically. Is a <laughs> bad idea. Um, I'm I'm sorry to expose our uh, uh, ineptitude in this way. Yeah, why couldn't movie. we have just stuck to like Predator or something? I mean, I know. <laughs> Something that we can really understand. That, that's my level of yeah patience and um, just to be entertained <laughs> um, rather than think. One thing I think we do differ on is that, all right, I saw The Witch also as being, again, being mm-hmm. praised as this, you know, new new great horror movie and and being totally mm-hmm. disappointed um i mm. didn't i didn't mm-hmm. i thought it was boring and i thought the ending was mm. <laughs> stupid <laughs> there's, there's, there's my review <laughs> i think um what i liked about the witch is also what i liked about this movie which is the witch is very much like it's very much set in a period of time. The the language, the way that they speak right. is all sort of of that period. Um, Which there's I did sort appreciate, of yes. I, I, ex- extreme personalities in the sort of, you know, uh, puritanical kind of, you know, yeah. father uh, figure in the whole family and their religious beliefs and whatnot. And, and it's just a slow burn, right? And this movie, too, is, <laughs> right. is it's set in a period the 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 language the speak the dialect the dialogue is very specific um and it is definitely a slow burn um although maybe more happens in this movie than the witch the witch is a whole lot of like yeah walking through the woods (laughs) yeah i mean i think this movie had more um yeah if we're going to compare the only two movies that i know that he's done um i mean mm -hmm. this this one definitely had more of a I don't know what it. It just had more. <laughs> it's more. Yeah. It's more of everything. See, I, I, I wouldn't call the witch or this a horror movie. I think that's sort of a miscategorization on how how it was built. Or exactly, I, think, I I agree. You know, it's more of like it's more psychological drama or or, or something like that than than horror. There's, an, I don't think there's anything in this that would qualify as a horror movie. It's, no, it's it, suspenseful yeah. and it's spooky, but it's not spooky. There's no creature. I mean, we can talk about the light up in the lighthouse in a little bit, but, you know, there's no creature. There's nothing that's threatening them other than their own, you know, kind of like, you know, wrestling with their own (laughs) mania (laughs) throughout, you know? Right. Because there's, you're right. There's no, um, like, for me to call something a horror movie, there basically has to be an antagonist. I mean, there has to be some, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have to be representing a creature. It could even be a force of nature or something right? Um, where you can identify that this malevolent force is working against whoever, you know, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's, it's, 
it you know you you can't say okay you know there this is it's, it, there's no three act structure here saying okay in the first part we get this <laughs> then there's right. this and then there's this you can't there's nothing to hang your hat on there and yeah right. the, I guess I mean is 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 the antagonist just the isolation is it you know is it Tom um, is mm-hmm. it you know like Winslow has clearly he he you know. I believe he killed that guy, right? I mean, that's what we're led to believe. Is yeah. that that guy in yep. Canada, he murdered him and he's running away from it. Mm-hmm. Um and then Tom clearly killed <laughs> you know, killed killed at least one other person, if not many. Um <laughs> yeah. so they you know, they both have these secret pasts and they're like, you know, trying to escape and um so yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, again, like as as a horror movie, it's it it, it doesn't qualify that to me. Other than like you right. said, it's kind of creepy and spooky, and it's very unsettling. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I thought I thought the way the you know the the pacing of the movie and the way it was edited was really interesting because yeah. And I was especially thinking about trying to pick out like some of the key scenes in the movie, but um, <laughs> because it was hard to identify where a scene starts and ends i think and i think right. i think i would assume this is intentional as a way to blur the lines just as the characters you know mm-hmm. their lines on sort of reality and time and, and yeah. whatnot are blurring but you know you there are so many little interstitial moments you know and then you jump into some dialogue at the dinner table and then it's right back out in the rain carrying coal in that goddamn wheelbarrow, uh, which I hate wheelbarrows. They're awful <laughs> inventions. But, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, and, and you get scenes where it like cuts off mid like um, like somebody screaming or something and it just cuts, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I just, I think the way it was sort of edited and paced was also meant to kind of keep you off guard and disoriented. Like, oh, now, where are we now? Oh, now yeah. this is happening. Oh, now For it's a sure. completely change of tone, right? So Right. No, I mean, that was, that, that again, if, if I, if I stay to my thesis of like, yeah, this is, this is a movie about the descent into madness sort of thing, then uh-huh. everything lends itself, I think, to that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then there's all this other baggage thrown in there um, that we're that we're left to deal with, and, and as the audience, yeah. is it worth it? <laughs> is it? Was it worth my time to to see this story be played out? You know, and I, that's kind of what it, well, that's what this discussion I think <laughs> that's, maybe that's what we're maybe, trying to figure out. Yeah, maybe Winslow was a very, very well-educated man and knew a whole bunch about, like, Greek mythology and symbolism. So this is what his descent into Mathis looks like. It's, you know, I don't know what it means to go crazy, but maybe it's like all that crap you learned in school starts to come back and you see it on the walls. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's true, but anyway. <laughs> I will say this, though. There are times when Tom's character, I, was, I, I couldn't help but think of the old sea captain on the Simpsons, <laughs> like I just, it was just like it was almost. I thought, is he doing a parody of like an old timey <laughs> she captain and say all yeah. that gibberish, right? Because it seemed like uh-huh, uh-huh. it seemed like too stereotypical. It's like, uh-huh. and he, Defoe. I mean, he whatever he does, he he always gives it his all. You know, he's not he never yeah. goes into anything yeah. 
which is why I love him as an actor. I mean, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and uh-huh. it's because he he just whatever he's doing, he's gonna you know <laughs> he's gonna act the hell out of it. Um, uh-huh. But there are times where I thought it's just. I mean, it's like is he doing this? <laughs> I mean, it's just chewing on the scenery sometimes. Like, I know. I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's like okay, nobody actually is like this, but it it was. I, well, know. it's interesting. I read. Um, I read. I was watching this on Amazon, and the little like notes that come up <laughs> on the screen, I, I glanced at you know from time to time. But one of the things that they said was. Um, that uh, Robert Eggers was very, very specific about each of their accents and um, would like go back and say, okay, no, do it a little bit faster here, or this is the way it should sound or that kind of thing. So I'm just going to take their word for it, that it's accurate, accurate as interpreted by this director, I guess that's (laughs) what I can say. (laughs) But, and, and one of the things that was interesting to me about that is because the first time, first couple of times watching this, I felt like Robert Pattinson accent, Pattinson's accent was sort of in and out, like it would come and it go would, and, and totally kind of was. warble I, around a little bit. Yes. I, but yes, I, I mean, apparent, I mean, if, if you believe, if you believe the little notes on the Amazon thing, that was intentional too. It was supposed to be this very specific, like main region in Maine, um, accent. So, um, but I guess I'll just believe that that's true. But the first couple of times I was like, oh, is it New York? Is it something else? Now it's normal. <laughs> you know, well, uh, kind of I thought so place. too. I thought, okay, here he's sounding like he's from Boston or like that's a really right, right. New England type accent. And then sometimes it, mm-hmm. it sounded something different. And, yeah, you know, I thought, well, again, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt because it seems like everything mm-hmm. in this movie was very intentional that, right. you know, maybe he too is... You know, it's just about his character because he is, he lies and he, you know, he also is mm-hmm. not completely honest. So, right. Yeah. And maybe if, maybe if you really sat down and studied those particular scenes where you, th- where you think the <laughs> accent is changing, what is he talking about at that time? So is there like a, yeah. a relationship between that? Oh, oh gosh. Chris, don't do that. I'm never going to do don't that. Don't do that. <laughs> No, we already ha- like this is already a huge homework assignment to go off and study this. I don't want to do. I don't want to be the dialect and the an- analysis as well. Uh, <laughs> I did want to come back to what you said about uh, Willem Dafoe in this because oh my god, I I I came away from this movie. Uh, I've always loved watching him. Yeah. And coming away, I was like, yeah, he's in my top list of actors he's he's incredible and and what you said is exactly right he just goes a hundred percent into whatever he's doing um and i thought uh i thought robert pattinson was really really good in this too i thought they were oh, both he, great and he they, is, they both played off each other so well oh exactly and he's proving to be a really good actor i mean the poor guy yeah. had to start some <laughs> <laughs> I know. What a bad way to start a career. This one. Um, but he's dug himself out <laughs> you, of it. You, I know. Yeah, it's it's hard to be a sparkly vampire when you're wiping piss and shit off your face <laughs> as it's been blown back in you from the wind. <laughs> and now, he's, and now he's Batman, so he's really done all right for himself. Really, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't really need to see him as Batman, but. Um, 
another movie he was in was Good Time. Did you ever see Good Time? No, no. Yeah, that's he. He's really good in that. <laughs> they both were excellent. I mean, they really were. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe that's what bugs me about this movie is that everything <laughs> was done really well. I mean, it really was. Yeah. I mean, it's like this is mm-hmm. a very well crafted movie. Yeah, looks yeah. great, sounds great, great acting. Uh huh. But there's yep. something about it that's like you stitch it all together, and it's like okay, okay. Like you said, like what did I just see? Well, what what was this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and there's I think nothing you're right. wrong with that. I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah. I like art that is can be unsettling it doesn't give you answers um mm-hmm. that's i guess there's some value <laughs> well okay so we've we've talked about this i can't remember what movie it was but we've talked about this before about the um the notion of sort of a you know an artist puts their work out there and then it becomes the property of the consumer right and yes. you make what you yeah. want of it right and that's another thing i kind of came away feeling like because we could spend all of our time kind of trying to dissect this and try and figure out what the director meant and the writer meant. Um, but maybe it's more about what we choose to latch onto and take away uh, from it. Um, Cause you're right there. He could have settled on one of these themes and it would have been maybe a more obvious point or story that, or message the movie was trying to send. But yeah, it, it's a ton of different so stuff that's- all lumped in here. I mean, I think this actually is a good question just about art and movies in general, is that, mm-hmm. all right, so I'll just use the ending as an example. Like, he looks into the light of the lighthouse, right? And he looks happy, and he looks terrorized, and all these things happen, right? right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I don't know what Edgar said about the ending. If he thought he had a very specific thing in mind, that Winslow saw, or is it one of those things where the director says, well, the ending is whatever you make it. Um, now, yeah. if, you th- if that was the case, do you think, as as an artist, as a director, is that a cop-out? Because <laughs> to say, like, like basically, I couldn't you know, think of an ending, so you get to make it up yourself. Okay. Here, Yeah, it's a great, great question. Um, he actually said... Um, what they saw wasn't in the script. All that was in the script was how they felt. So that's what the actors were going off of was he told them how, how their characters felt when looking into it, but there was never any sort of written answer. Now I don't know if he knew what it was or what they were seeing, but um, hmm. you know, so I kind of, I, you know, I kind of, Oh boy. Uh, the, is it a cop out is a great question. I, what I want to say is I don't think it is because I think <laughs> you think about, uh, you know, books or stories or TV shows that sort of build up to this huge climax. Like how often are they ever paid off in a satisfactory way? Right. right? Like oh, yeah. you get mo- shows like Lost, right? Oh, they tried to explain it at the end. Well, the yeah. ending sucks, uh, you know, <laughs> um, and then you get like the unanswered things like, you know, what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? We never know. And, and that has spawned, you know, <laughs> decades of speculation, right? Um, I don't think it's a cop-out because I think there's a lot of craft that goes into building 
the suspense and making you want to know. And I think whatever the the answer is going to be, it's probably not going to live up to your expectations. So maybe just best leave it, best left unsolved, really. <laughs> yeah. So, so what you're saying is that um, we 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 could we we could approach some art um, mm-hmm. in a way that does its 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 purpose is to drive us to our own conclusions, maybe. You know, that yeah. and it's a very yeah. postmodern idea because it used to be, of course, the only mm. the only point of view that mattered was the artist's point of view. That was that was the mm. modernness, you know, it and we've changed over you know, over our lifetime, especially where that's mm-hmm. that's like, no, it's what you it means what you say it means, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so in that way it's a kind of a a postmodern filmmaking. Um Yeah. But it's different to me than, like, for instance, Inception's ending, where the the cop mm-hmm. spins the top, and we don't know is is this is you know is he being fed another you know dream mm-hmm. in a dream, or did this really happen, and we're left to not mm-hmm. know? To me, that's kind of a more of a sus, you know suspenseful ending mm-hmm. where we're left to draw our own conclusions. Rather than a lot of movies, I think kind of sometimes I think it's sloppy. It gets away with like saying, "Well, I built all this stuff, and I don't really know how to end it." So you get to cho- mm-hmm. it's like choose your own adventure, right? You get to choose you get to choose the <laughs> ending that you like. Um, yeah, because actually, I I didn't really know how to end this movie or whatever. Um, I mean, it did have to yeah. end. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would have felt ripped off if he didn't get to go up in the lighthouse and, and look in right. there, you know? So they, mm-hmm. you know, that was, I, in fact, I liked that part a lot, like that whole, mm-hmm. yeah. And I didn't expect to see what was in there actually. You know what I mean? Like I never thought. Right. We would. Well, cause see what it. could they show you? Right. That, that <laughs> wouldn't have been a, dis- it's like some weird CGI tentacle creep, like the lose in there. Like none of that would have been good, you know? Um, and I think the imagery of him, his facial expression in that sort of like <clears throat> overexposed, washed out way that it's shot. And then, you know, the sound gets, yeah, you know, his voice as he's screaming, it's heavily distorted. I mean, like, it, I just, I thought that was masterfully done. Much more compelling, I think, than <laughs> showing us a creature inside of the lamp, right. you know? I, I will say that... <laughs> this though so it like i really i actually liked that part a lot in fact maybe it was uh-huh. my favorite part of the whole movie but what uh-huh. happens next to me was like slapstick comedy so he looks into the light and then oh, he, like, he like just falls like, down starts. those stairs <laughs> i literally laughed out loud i'm just like <laughs> It should have played the Benny Hill like that's that's when I wrote that note to you. It's like that would have been hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, because it was such because again it was such a juxtaposition of this intense whatever it was mm-hmm. to like something yeah. like a pratfall, you know, like <laughs> down the stairs. Well, yeah, and the the note that you sent to me was somebody should do this with a laugh track, and I do think that would be absolutely hilarious. Like, talk about adding a different tone into the movie, you I would, know? I would like to see that no. cut. If there's a director's cut. Yeah. 
<laughs> every time, every time Willem Dafoe cuts a fart, right? It'd be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> we're like, whoop, you know, like one yeah. of those parts. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, so anyway, just <laughs> to, to go back to that point about, um, yeah, I guess it is acceptable, but I, it, you know, that, that something is purposely crafted as this movie that it would have been mm-hmm. difficult to to show yeah. something up there. Yeah, I I think that's why for me like what you said like it's so well made um that uh for me I choose to watch this it's almost like very compelling uh imagery, sound and acting while my brain decides what it wants to make of it. You know what I mean? Um, um, anyway, I, but honestly, like that's kind of a choice that I've come to and how I want to receive the movie <laughs> yeah. versus like, well, <laughs> and again, probably cause I'm not smart enough to put it all together. Uh, but, well, maybe um, that was yeah. what he wanted us to do anyway. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, maybe I, I do stride the line between like, right, this is very brilliant, intentionally interesting, and like, wow, to like, here's somebody who's clearly great at filmmaking, who had a lot of ideas mm-hmm. and shoved them all in right. one movie. You know, it's it's right, kind of like... Right. Like, it, 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 is it like overreaching right beyond what he can do, or is it intentional? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that he was, like, he had success with The Witch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he was kind of probably given more of a free reign to make a movie like even weirder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and maybe he was like, okay, here's my chance. I got all, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he and his brother wrote the script, I think they, mm-hmm. de- I don't, yeah. they developed a story or, or something. So who knows mm-hmm. how long it's been kind of percolating in right. their, in their minds about this movie mm-hmm. about life in a <laughs> life in a lighthouse. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It what it what it reminded me of a little bit is the um I can't, why can't I remember the director's name um all right so he directed Hereditary um oh and yeah. then and then he did Midsummer um mm-hmm. and 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 Midsummer was I thought was awful I, I thought this is just again a movie <laughs> where like he had this Ari Aster tre- tremendous success with his rookie effort and then went mm-hmm. all out trying to make this crazy movie and it just didn't hold together. Um, and that mm-hmm. was another movie. I just thought it looks great, but mm-hmm. it means it didn't mean a whole lot to me. Um, I, I think directors like this and, and yeah, hereditary and, and Midsommar by uh, Ari Aster. Um, yes. Aster. I think, Thank you. I think, I think directors like this are exciting to me because you can tell there's there's a lot there and you're right it's you you kind of have to see does it come together does it continue to come together does it get better um so i'm definitely going to watch whatever eggers does next and same with ari aster um but yeah i i I didn't think midsommar was anywhere near as good as hereditary it's interesting i've heard other people say they liked it better and i'm not quite sure why yeah Uh, but i definitely want to see what he's gonna do next you know maybe it's sort of like they get the three movies and then i'm out kind of thing you know (laughs) because it's another it's another thing i struggle with as a fan of movies um Mm -hmm. where 
I love movies that are original, that um, right. is right. a new take that somehow got right. through the studio system. Um, yeah. And somebody could make a very different movie. And that's like such a, mm-hmm. you know, that's such a breath of fresh air in this, you know, saturated, right. crappy movie world um, mm-hmm. to see something different. And then I think these guys have so much talent. And they're obviously, mm-hmm. you know, so much better than other people at this. And then they just waste it, <laughs> like <laughs> making a movie that could could be tighter or could be, um, yeah. you know, not for the sense of like pandering or not saying because mm-hmm. we love movies that kind of, I think the director gives us some benefit of the doubt that our intelligence can kind of follow a story. Right. right? You know, and there are, mm-hmm. there are, there are directors who I think are really good at that. Um, and that's why those movies I love. And then there's movies that, right. You know, this guy, you know, these guys clearly have vision and talent um, at their, and, and resources at their disposal that they're given opportunities to make movies that not every kind of, indie filmmaker gets to do um Mm -hmm. and and then you know they do this this very kind of esoteric or um idiosyncratic you know something very personal to them um Mm -hmm. and then we as the audience get to see it i guess (laughs) um yeah i don't know it's it's kind of like is is it art for art's sake or is there right am i trying to tell you something or is it just like here's Mm -hmm. some ideas that i had you know what do you think Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah so glenn this would be interesting um (laughs) (laughs) so there are a lot of scenes in this movie um that are just not they're they're connected in a very interesting way um Uh but is there a part of this movie that you would say is the is is the key scene. Yeah, uh, boy, I had a real hard time coming up with one. <laughs> that's what you scene deserve. for this part of it. You know, part of that's because of what you said. Like, it's so stitched together, and you know, scenes are often sort of truncated and cut off, and you move on to something else. Yeah. Um, it was even hard to identify. Are we in a scene, or is this going to be done in two seconds? Right. Right. You know? um, so I I did pick one scene, um, although man, there there were a bunch that I think I could have picked as well. Yeah, but, I, I um, wouldn't have known the, what to pick. The, the scene that I chose for key scene was um, I'll just call it the uh, "You're fond of me, lobster, ain't ye?" scene, <laughs> which yeah. is you know. <laughs> it's, right. it, yeah. it starts ahead. with you know yeah it starts with uh you know <laughs> it starts with you know they're both drinking they're both drunk and and robert pattinson's character uh winslow starts talking about oh i'd like a steak you know if i had a steak bloody yeah. bloody and rare <laughs> i want a steak i want a goddamn steak I, if i had a steak oh boy oh a rare, a bloody steak. If I if I had a steak, I would fuck it. <laughs> which which I thought was like that was like the culmination of like 
probably all of the things that he's feeling. Like, I got to get out of here. I got to get decent food. I got to have sex. Like, all of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that leads into, you know, Willem Dafoe's characters. Like, you're fond of me cooking, ain't you? You know, like, all that kind of stuff. And it what, what was really interesting to me about this scene is... Uh, I feel like it's it's the first point where Defoe shows some you know vulnerability hmm. and like he actually hmm. cares about uh, okay. the other uh, Pattinson's character. Um, I could be wrong. There could be some you know allusions to that earlier, but he's clearly insecure in that moment, um, which is something new I think for his character, at least to what we've seen to that point. True, um, <clears throat> and. You know, he's almost like begging uh, Pattinson's character. He's like, you know, just tell me you're, just tell me you're fond of me lobster. He's like, say yeah. it. And Pattinson's like, I don't got to say nothing, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and then, right, after Pattinson is like, I don't got to say nothing. Oh, man, Defoe just, it's like a switch has been flipped and right. he goes into that amazing a uh, single take, you know, single shot take yeah. where he yeah. he goes through this whole cursing of of Winslow, you know, calling on Hark Triton and you know the key, right. the Sea yeah, King that's... to rise and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which I thought was like, I mean, I thought it was an incredible performance by uh, Defoe in that moment, but um, you know, so sort of this like. Uh, showing sort of the vulnerability and then he gets rebuffed and then moving to the extreme of like this huge long sort of soliloquy curse uh upon winslow um uh and then you know <laughs> and then winslow just punctuates the scene with the line like all right have it your way I yeah i know all right like as though was... nothing had happened right you know swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself forgotten to any man to any time forgotten to any god or devil forgotten even to the sea for any stuff or part of winslow even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now itself the sea. All right, have it your way. I like to cook it. That was good. But I think, the, yeah. you know, the reason why I settled on that was because it just shows sort of a range of, of emotions for Willem Dafoe's character. Mm -hmm. You know, presumably the curse sort of started earlier with the killing of the gull. That's which I want to, I want to talk about. Right. Good God. Because um, <laughs> uh, that's when the wind shifts and everything. But yeah. like that did feel like more of the like now, you know, Willem Dafoe's character is calling down upon the gods to curse this person and 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 now we're away to the races and then the rest of the movie and how that transpires so that's why i picked that that scene um and and the last thing i'll say and then i'll shut up is um uh i guess i did read that he did that performance in one take one take um and, and wow. willem dafoe didn't blink for over two minutes for the entire delivery of that which was incredible how is that possible yeah <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm have to try that later. See if I can even do that. 
Um, <laughs> There'll be a new segment on this podcast. It'll be two minutes of silence, <laughs> unblinking. <laughs> but he was like, for that, yes. Like, for me, that, that was like full-on protean character. Yeah. Um, where where yeah. you do see... Yeah, just the extremes. And if, if mm-hmm. again, I go back to it, if that, you know, him playing that role really works because it's it's yeah. the, the change, you know, the sea change and the storm and all mm-hmm. that going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you're right. I mean, that was, that, 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 that was a masterful piece of work by Defoe, but um, <laughs> the, the scene actually does. It's it's very effective. I mean, it, yeah. Again, it, it would yeah. be hard to. I think it would be hard to pick a key scene because then you'd have to say, well, what is the what's what's, what's the movie about? What does it you know mean? what I mean? Right, right, right. So I think that's yeah. What happened? I wouldn't. I I I really couldn't have picked one um, at all. I'll I'll yeah. I'll tell you quickly what my other candidates were. Um, one was. <laughs> earlier in the movie when um pattinson is talking about his past and he's talking about he used to work in timber and stuff like that and then um defoe's character you know they're talking about like never been married right and defoe's you know says like i'm i've been wedded to the light and she's been a better wife to me than any woman like that's like okay well (laughs) we we know some things about you now and i think and i think in that moment i think he means it literally like i think he he is taking this as like this is the relationship for me you know Mm -hmm. with a Mm -hmm. freaking lighthouse lamp um uh the other one that I almost picked was the confession, you know, the mm-hmm. why'd you have to spill your beans, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. When he gets into, you know, his telling of the, as he tells it, letting the other man die, um, which I loved the way that he ended his story is like, I watched him get pulled down into the logs. And the only thing I thought was I could use a smoke. Um <laughs> And, and then, and then that's paid off even later after, Yeah, like there's, I think it's after the big fight, right? The first thing he says is like, I could use a smoke, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, there were a bunch that sort of stuck out like that to me, but, um, um, I just wanted to say you're fond of me lobster, ain't she? (laughs) That's why I picked it. (laughs) Yeah. That was my main takeaway was that his lobster was pretty good. But it's really hard to script lobster. Can you can you imagine can you imagine how disappointed you would be when you're pulling up that lobster trap thinking like I'm gonna get another lobster dinner is the goddamn severed head in there? Like I mean that's <laughs> ultimate disappointment, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I we're gonna be stuck on here. At least I'll get another lobster dinner. Nope. It's a no. severed head. Yeah, severed <laughs> <laughs> lot of what i was trying to deduce <laughs> um mm-hmm. was was i mean i think tom um, defoe's character was crazy before everything mm-hmm. um yeah now the I question so. was how much you know was winslow also or did he get pushed over the edge and i guess it goes back to <laughs> the, the motivations of um wake tom wake's character um 
I think he's intentionally trying to make him crazy. Um, I mm. I don't know I don't know why, but that seems like mm. just he's he's playing with them. He 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 will like be really, you know, you know, just awful to him, right? Um, and then mm-hmm. just like really try to like, you know, like try to bond with him in some way. Um, but then we see like he, you know, when when Winslow finds the book and sees all these notes and mm-hmm. like, um, you know, he just. And and then you know because like <laughs> he, um, Tom was really masterful at it. Like for instance, when um, he he chopped up the lifeboat, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And they run back to the lighthouse, and he he's kind of yeah. like, you mean when you chopped up the lifeboat right. and tried to take an accent yeah. is what you mean? Like how yeah. do you know you're not right now in Kennedy? Like dreaming all this mm-hmm. anyway. Um. Yeah, and I'm just trying to think. Is he, that's what? What? What was? Well, the, what, what's he trying to do? Yeah, I, that's really interesting because so, um, I, I never thought that Tom was trying to make him crazy, hmm. but I, I'm, I'm kind of changing my mind because. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff that, right, he also, when, when, when they don't get picked up, right, yeah. Tom is talking about rationing the food, and he's like, I've been telling you to ration for weeks, and he's like, what do you mean? They just didn't come yesterday. And so, yeah. <laughs> I was curious about that. Like, to me, that was like, okay, we're sort of, sort of bending time now, and then later on, Tom's got the lines, like, how long have we, have we been there? Two, yeah, have five we weeks, been here? Two days, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's um, part of that whole reason. Yeah, he's, it's interesting. He's trying to get him to question, like, are you sure your judgment or what you're seeing is a dream or is it re-? You know, he's like, and again, right. it's like that That would, to me, would at least fit <laughs> the narrative that I've created <laughs> about this movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, right. No, I, I think... I, I think that all fits. I, I think I'm I'm stuck where what with what you said at the beginning, which is like I don't know why, <laughs> but it seems like he is right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. I, I was just trying to think. You know, is he doing that because he himself is just nuts, or does he have like a more yeah. devious motivation, or you know what? I don't know. I mean, I I just think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is obviously like. <laughs> Like the lighthouse is like, not just the lighthouse, specifically the top floor, right? That room and that light. Yeah, there's <laughs> some sort the of lamp. weird thing about that, right? Um, yeah, where were Winslow can't even look at it. You know, it's just forbidden. Right. Um, the forbidden yeah. truth or whatever's going on up there. Um, yeah. But, and then I was trying to think. It's it to me. It was like okay, he's clearly trying to like keep Winslow off. You know, just unsettled you know just just uh-huh. you know and it didn't help either that by the end of the movie they're just drinking turpentine with honey in it I mean, that was... <laughs> which i wanted to talk about but go on yeah <laughs> so, that, that, <laughs> i'm not positive but i don't think you're supposed to do that um without... dude yeah when they got to that point i was like can you do that like can you just drink like turpentine is that what that is oh my god it was actually one of my favorite parts is then they he yells out like Woo! 
uh, drinking poison, basically, that's going to totally right. like cause them <laughs> brain damage and most that's, likely their eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The first thing I thought of when I saw that was, did you see The Master, the uh, yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Yeah. Yeah. When um, <clears throat> Joaquin Phoenix's character in that is always like making his own booze. I'm like, man, you, you can't do that. Like, you're just going to die. <laughs> like, 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 wait a, wait a, like, <laughs> hey, liver, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so I really think oh, this yeah. movie is a metaphor about man's battle with alcoholism. I think that's what this movie is about. <laughs> well, but like, that's part of it too. And, and so what's, what's interesting to me is, um, <clears throat> I agree with you that I think, uh, you know, Tom Defoe's character is crazy from the, from jump. Right. And, uh, it is Pattinson's character that slowly becomes crazy through the movie. Um, but I think that's paralleled with their alcohol consumption too, where, you know, you know, Defoe is drinking from the beginning Yep, and, you know, during the day he's, he's not an, you know, you don't see that like contrasted to Pattinson where at one point you see him like shoveling coal and then in between each shovel, he's like taking a big ass swig off the bottle. And so it's almost like, it's like, it's like Defoe is crazy, but he can handle his crazy and he's a drunk, but he can handle his booze, you know, and Pattinson like can't quite handle it. (laughs) So I kind of saw like the parallel to the mental deterioration along with the alcohol consumption and the effect that it had on, on Pattinson and his, and his unraveling. Um, whereas I think Defoe was just, yeah, nuts from the beginning, nuts at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he made like, so at the beginning it's, it's yeah, they're sitting at the table and he's like, you drink with me. And he's like, that's not in the rule book right. or whatever he says, you know? Um, yeah. it's, he's like, well, you know, my rules are what matters. And yeah. Yeah, he says you're supposed to do what I say, and that's in your rule book too. Yeah, and and I, that to me, yeah, okay, that's that's a good point of reference for everything that happens because it's yeah, the, it's gonna you know it's gonna go by his rules this whole journey right. we're on um, until yeah until the end really. It it does. I I think you're right in that. Um, Willem Dafoe's character is trying to manipulate him and cause him to go mad. I just don't know why. Like yeah, that's the exactly. part that I'm just like, but why? <laughs> and maybe that's the point. Is is crazy? Is is crazy? It doesn't have a point. <laughs> no, I need to know the logic behind this crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the rational reasoning why this crazy person wants to drive someone else insane. <laughs> Can we talk for a minute about about the cistern? Because, uh, uh, God. No, we can't. I like, will not. I know. There's so much in this movie where that's so visceral, right? Yeah. Like, when you see it, you're just like, I'm throwing up in my I mouth. I know. I was like, um, crin- I cringe but, at moments, and I... Yeah. <laughs> I, and for good reason. I mean, it was... It's mm-hmm. stuff... There's just stuff that shouldn't be seen. But that... Yeah. yeah. What the hell oh, with the God. cistern? Do you have some... <laughs> I, 
Oh man, I I don't know. I just like when he drinks the water and it's off. And like the second time that I saw the movie, I'm like the first time he takes a sip, I'm like, oh god, don't do it, you know. Um, and then of course there's a dead gull. Well, not a dead. It's like dying. It's not even dead yet. But yeah, the water comes out all black. It's just like so gross. Um, and then after he finds that, like we haven't talked about this yet, but that gull that's been sort of like. Uh, uh, antagonizing yeah. Pattinson's character, <laughs> just doing that great like seagull laugh. And by the way, seagulls might be the worst birds. I think maybe oh, um, totally. I th- I, <laughs> no, like even in the movie, the but, birds seagulls are the worst birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So this seagull that's just been like plaguing him, he finally just like grabs it, and the scene where he just like beats the thing to death is so. <laughs> Uh, it's so like brutal, right? Yeah, actually, actually we do need got this I thing by the neck. We do need to address seagulls. <laughs> okay, because we got the mermaids and we got all this other stuff, but the the seagull running the that other character in the movie runs throughout. Um, right. Yeah, as kind of antagonizing Winslow, you know, and mm-hmm. the. Defoe is is more like yeah, t- killing a seabird is gonna bring a curse upon us and all that stuff. It's kind of yeah. like that. There's that poem that you know about the albatross. You know the guy killed the mm. albatross, and you know where we get the phrase albatross around your neck. It's it's right. really bad luck to do that. Um, I guess mm-hmm. you can't kill a seagull, which I think is stupid. Like, <laughs> like we should be allowed so. to They're kill as many bird. seagulls as we want. Right. <laughs> For no reason, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what, yeah, I mean, what is, I, I, I couldn't, I guess that was one one part I couldn't, it's just, to me, it was just another element of, like, okay, is this, is this here, you know, why is this here? Because um, there was yeah. enough going on in his sad life that he didn't need a seagull bothering him. <laughs> well, I mean, I you could see this movie as like, you know, everything sort of conspiring against Robert Pattinson Winslow's <laughs> mental health, right? And like right. the seagull laughing at you as you're trying to just, you know, wheelbarrow coal into the little shack is like, I don't need this right now, bird. I really don't need this right now. <laughs> maybe it is. I mean, maybe you're, I mean, that's a good idea. The idea that just that everything that even nature is conspiring against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> you you see that in his wheelbarrow trips, right? Where it's like, and now the wheelbarrow tipped over, and now it's raining, and now I'm trying to empty the chamber pots, and the wind blows it back up in my face. Like it's like nothing goes right for him this entire. Movie. That's what I mean. It's a comedy. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it needs the laugh track. <laughs> like, wah, wah. <laughs> well, so just real briefly on that, I saw that the scene where he's emptying the chamber pots and the wind blows it back was in fact inspired by the Big Lebowski and the ash spreading scene at the oh, end. Oh yeah, that is a so funny scene. You go back uh, to the comedy <laughs> thing. Yeah. See, there you go. And. Actually, since we're talking on the comedy theme, the the, uh-huh. and I'm glad like Winslow brought it up t- towards the end where he just is like, oh yeah, saying I'm sick and tired of, and then he's like, you're farting because there's like, yeah, 
<laughs> I was, I was, trying, I was, like, was that there for like comedy relief or what was the? I mean, I don't know. It just seems, yeah. so, it just seemed like there's another. Let's just throw farting in there. We'll make him like really gassy as, as a character. Yeah. You think you're so goddamn high and mighty just because you're a goddamn lighthouse keeper? Well, you ain't a captain of no ship, and you never was. You ain't no general. You ain't no copper. You, you ain't the president, and you ain't my father. And I'm sick of you acting like you is. Sick of you laughing, snoring, and your goddamn farts. Your goddamn, goddamn farts. I, I just, I, I, I saw that, you know, the first scene, right? And it's just yeah. like, well, new roommate. This is awesome. <laughs> He's already just farting up the bedroom. Yeah. He should have um, killed him but right there. I, yeah. <laughs> I just think there's a lot of body stuff in this movie, you know, Maybe that that's was another it. yeah. easy it's, way to, well, it, not only that, like when he, when Winslow first goes up, it, it took me a couple times to realize this, but you hear like water. And you realize, oh, it's Willem Dafoe's character peeing in the chamber pot. At first, oh, I thought right. it was like water coming down through pipes or something. No, he's just taking a piss in yeah. the bedroom. Yep. Uh, and then farts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that actually, I think, was essentially, yeah, it was an effective, the sound, the sound effects, basically, because the whole, <laughs> the, the kind of the whole, yeah, every kind of bodily function is shown in this movie <laughs> so, yeah right like right every every orifice is used by the actors um to yeah. tell the story <laughs> um, did you see just because we're we're talking about that did you also catch like when he's going through all the stuff that he's uh, sick oh, of yes uh, as far as defoe's character he throws in the and you're short <laughs> <laughs> he did actually <laughs> Like and you're short. That was so funny. <laughs> I, I almost wondered, like, did Pattinson just ad lib that part? Oh, <laughs> did, right. Did he add Willem Dafoe? I don't think so, but probably I not. Thought that would have been funny. Yeah, <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah, he did do that. Uh, so, Chris, we've t- <laughs> we've admitted our confusion at this movie. Um, so, I think the only logical question that comes next is. Uh, did the lighthouse save the world? <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I I've actually gone back and forth on that. Yeah, usually I can kind of say, uh-huh. yeah, you know, our, this movie here's here's why I think it was, um, yeah, useful or not, you know, to the world. <laughs> and this this mm-hmm. one, like everything about it, it's not as cut and dry um, yeah. as I'd like as I'd like it to be because. On the one hand, I would say, no, it doesn't. I mean, it's just this very idiosyncratic version mm-hmm. of the director's vision that we watch and it plays out. And then we say, okay, I saw that. Um, don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll see it again. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> um, on the other hand, is there some value, as, as we discussed earlier, of you know, someone taking um, some artistic risks... And produ- yeah. producing a work of art, if we can push mm-hmm. <laughs> push our definition of you know is this movie art or not? I don't. That's another discussion. Mm-hmm. But you know t- that artists have the freedom, um, and their role is 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 to help us 
think and get new perspectives on things. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I do come down on the side of, I don't think it saves the world. I think (laughs) 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 in the sense that, um, I think the movie to me is best described as almost, it's almost like it's a, it's almost like a dream. I mean, it's like Mm, we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're dealing with madness and, and there's, Mm -hmm. there's clearly parts that are illusions and visions. Mm -hmm. Um, and characters who are not totally reliable narrators, um, mm-hmm. and, and which is fine. I mean, that is that. Is, I mean, yeah. it's good that there's that that we have movies like this. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't. I don't. I couldn't say like, yeah. There's enough here to say, yeah. yeah. This 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 movie this movie helped save the world. Yeah, I I'm with you. I I I. I felt like if, if the question had come to me first, my answer would have been, nope, next question. <laughs> um, but but kind of for the same things. Like, I mean, and, and I want to say, like, I really do like this movie. I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoy how well, how masterfully it's created. I think it looks amazing. It Indeed. sounds amazing. The acting is incredible. I think the writing is really good. Um, you know, it really just... To, for me, yeah, it doesn't, there's, there's no bigger meaning that I'm taking away from this other than the sort of head scratching. What did it mean? But I think, um, I think it's, like I said, it's enjoyable for me to watch for those reasons. Maybe it's a little bit like, um, looking at a really well painted painting and trying to understand what, what is behind this. Um, but you know, I, I I I thought I was going to be more articulate than this. This is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the movie. No, <laughs> but no, I, I come down to the same place, which is I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I probably won't watch it again, at least for a long time. Um, what I took away was I want to watch more of what Robert Eggers does, but we'll see. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I, there's, I don't feel like there's a bigger kind of like lesson, you know, if that makes sense or a thing that sort of translates into culture and society and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad it exists, right? I'm glad it exists as, you know, as a unique work of art. And I do think it's art, um, uh, that that we have access to and and yeah anything that's not a marvel movie or a remake i'm <laughs> I, i'm into so <laughs> maybe maybe it doesn't save the world but it helps sort of save cinema <laughs> but then again i don't know if it made its budget <laughs> so yeah, yeah i don't know yeah i mean it couldn't have been that expensive i mean it was only like they only needed like what it was like an island um because i love <laughs> i love stories of isolate you know to me, that makes a great yeah. story. Just these isolated one kind of space. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my favorite movies are that way. Um, right, right. You know, and, and to me, a lighthouse is really. I think I said at the beginning. I mean, it's an ideal location for this sure. type of movie. I mean, which whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever we want to call the type. It the closest <laughs> thing that the lighthouse. When I was trying to think of well, what's this, this movie is like, something else. Did you ever see Eraserhead, mm-hmm. David Lynch's first movie? Man, I this is the embarrassing admission. I have not. It's been on my list forever, and I just have not seen it. <laughs> that is a very 
tone wise, it's also black and white. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Very similar to like at the mm-hmm. end, you're just like, what, what did I see? It totally like unnerved yeah. me. It was very unsettling movie. Um, mm. And it was, you know, done with almost, I mean, Eraser was done with almost no budget. I mean, it was almost like mm-hmm. a film school project, I think. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's probably the close, the closest feeling I got <laughs> to mm. to seeing this was 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 a racer head is what I was thinking of. So mm-hmm. it's, and I don't know if a racer head saved the world either, but it was a weird moot, just weird, um, which I guess has some value, but I can I can only take that in doses. I mean, regular life is weird <laughs> yeah. enough, right? That I want. <laughs> I want some things to make sense at the end of the day <laughs> as I yeah, go to sleep yeah, at totally. night to just think that there's some order in the universe and it's not all chaos and um, that some things will make sense. Okay. So Chris, I have a, would you rather for you? Yeah, great. Um, this, <laughs> this movie. Oh, Fertile ground for would you rather's, I have to say. <laughs> like, uh, there are so many that I discarded because I'm like, well, that's just gross. Uh, it, it took me, I had to actively avoid any sort of like masturbation, would you rather? Because there's so much of that in this movie. Like, so I'm like, in a shack being rained on, or, you know, anyway. So I didn't go there. Uh, oh, I, that. Okay. I, I also avoid. I also avoided drinking water that had been polluted by a, a rotting bird, so oh you can gosh. rest assured on that one. So what I wound up with for the Would You Rather is, uh, this is an unfortunate one and that it lasts the rest of your life, by the way. So would you rather, for the rest of your life, uh, be followed around and have everything you do be commented on and criticized by Willem Dafoe's character in this movie? <laughs> Or would you rather be followed around by that goddamn seagull laughing at you no matter what you do for the rest of your life? (laughs) Man, that is unfair. Oh, God. We're going to start picking movies just on the would you rather potential. (laughs) No, actually, when you. So when I heard the first choice i thought well no matter what the second choice is i'm going with that choice um because there'd be nothing (laughs) worse than that and then i think you actually did find something worse than that i would hate to have a seagull mock me oh you merged you merged too quickly into that lane lad (laughs) just there's just did you forget your blinker lad there is just something about seagulls at least for me that i don't so no i would definitely would rather have the old man of the sea just constantly have this narrative in my life. You're you're getting a bit long-winded in this podcast there, lad. Be more concise with ye. But I don't, yeah, rather, yeah, I mean no, I'm sticking with my answer. All right. I would choose Thomas Wake as take smaller bites at the dinner table what are you (laughs) well yeah i mean is he gonna do everything i do criticize it or just like certain things i think pretty much everything (laughs) 
But then the other option would be like the seagull just is like always present wherever I am kind of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I am sure that there is some inner ring of hell where that does happen to people who are <laughs> bad in this, in their, this life. And they deserve yeah. it. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Fair enough. Well, that choice is is now signed in blood in the book of the uh, movies to save the world. Would you rather list? <laughs> Would you rather? Yeah, we got to print that out some point. All right. So, Chris, what do we have next week? Please tell us. Please tell me it's something easier. What What are we doing next week? No, I should totally get back at you for doing this, but I'm not. <laughs> I, do, I would deserve it. Yeah, I'm not going to go that route. We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna go in a very, very different direction. Um, okay. you know, we've, so this, 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 this past po- podcast, well, the one we're doing right now, <laughs> I have no idea yeah. what time of day it is or anything. Um, <laughs> so we just, we just have, have looked at a very, you know, um, unique movie. And now uh-huh. we're going to switch gears and... Um, pick a movie from a um, franchise. And what oh, I have, okay. What I, so what I have chosen is, for our next movie, the theme is, what is the fourth best Star Wars movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the reason... That's our it, theme. The reason I say that is I, I'm going to... <laughs> first state that what i consider the real star wars movies you know the the the, like the one i know is called star wars but now it's called a new hope um empire strikes back and return the jedi that's the core okay but outside of that there there are other choices and Uh i am going to prove my point that rogue (laughs) one is the fourth best star wars movie Uh, okay all right Ah, so it's just whole Star Wars canon then, not yeah. episodes one through nine. The Star Wars universe, yeah. Rather, okay. rather right. than right. rather than the Darth Vader story or whatever it's supposed to be, the Skywalker saga. <laughs> this this is <laughs> yeah. this is any, anything is fair game, and I of of the movies that we have, I, yeah. I I'm going to advocate that Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie outside the original three. All right. Well, I think the only responsible way to do this is that we each commit to watching episodes one through three and then seven through nine and then Rogue One to really have a real objective conversation. And of course, now that I've said that, there is no way in hell that I'm going to do that. (laughs) Right. Well, then maybe you should just watch. I don't know. There's... Yeah, I, I think I can make a pretty good case about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I look forward to it. I do like that movie, so and I haven't seen it in a while, so that'll that'll be fun. Cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well, thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, whew, this was a movie to get through. Uh, maybe some of you out there are smarter than we are and have some other thoughts. Um, but uh, I look forward to talking about uh, Rogue One next week. Uh, Chris, thank you as always for the conversation, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. Bye.